0: grab a cuppa podcast i'm Kat, right and i am your host i produce i interview everyone and i do it all <laughs> i have a lot of fun thank you so much for joining me in my journey and uh thank you so much for the, your support and it's been a hot minute hasn't it it's been two years since our first episode of grab a cuppa and a lot's happened so we've had a pandemic and where the world was closed and then reopens again. We went to gigs and then it was closed again and then reopened again. A lot has happened in two years. So I've been on a personal heck of a journey, which I will discuss with my guests. So guests wise, we have the wonderful Hawks. We have Fallen Mafia, Harriet and also individuals that share the love for music. So I've interviewed um, Vicky Green and also Ross, He's known as The Petrol. So it's been a journey. So sit down, grab a cuppa, because everyone's welcome at our table. First up, me and uh, Naomi Sanders. She is a fellow journalist, also radio presenter for ERB Radio. She is amazing. So season two, episode one, me and Naomi, have a chat.
1: Grab a cup of podcast with cat been
0: <laughs> We've been to speak to you for a while. It's just you know life gets in
1: the way and uh, tell me about it. Tell me about it. Were you at work today? Yes and I'm still very frazzled from my day <laughs> oh bless you
0: but what do you what's your normie life like
1: uh normie life uh, mm,
0: whatever that is
1: it, is there such a thing I don't <laughs> think so a... no <laughs> um my normie life just spending time with my boyfriend I suppose that that that's yeah normal it really is I mean we do then again he's a concert photographer
0: so that's not normal either uh, he works in the industry as well like yeah I mean, I say it works it could be like for money or voluntarily so I'm just gonna say work because it's still kind work of, anyway kind
1: of both kind of both I mean we work for the same publications which is really nice like the other day um he when he was staying with me he was just sitting on the bed just editing photos from the last gig we went to which was really cool we'll talk about that in a little while yeah (laughs) yeah yeah go on yeah so yeah he's really really talented and I just love his work I mean that's how we met like him photographing a show in uh Cardiff when I was staying there for my master's so yeah what was your course um it was magazine journalism at Cardiff University awesome because that's what you're doing right now isn't it? yeah I mean writing I literally put in a a uh, uh, show review as I was <laughs> doing uh all of this because yeah my my day life and my night life quotation marks kind of mix and match all together in a very weird bubble <laughs> <laughs> what was the last concert you went to um it was Delilah Bond here how was from- that like Honestly, it's one of the best shows I've been to this year. It, it is so good because I already, I already love Lauren so much. Yeah, I think yeah. She's probably one of the most talented people in music, not just rock or punk, just music in general, because her mind is so fantastic and the way that she's able to speak it so thoroughly and so well through her music and also just being absolutely dynamic on stage, like whew, if you can yes. see Delilah Bond, because it's an experience that people need to have in their lives. <laughs> <laughs> uh
0: yeah, me and Lauren had a, uh had a chat. I think it was oh god, you know, a while ago now when she launched the um Delilah Bon album. So that was a you know a little while ago now. And uh, so, yeah, we're talking about women's rights and all that stuff. So, yeah, I mean, she's doing pretty well so far. So we'll see. I think she's found her voice Mm. because it was just sort of like, you know, with the uh, hands of Gretel. I get it. You know, the whole punk and um, riot girl thing. But he didn't feel like it was her calling as such, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, And then with a the solo stuff more like Americana, which I liked as well. I thought it was really good, and then Delilah Bond, because he's really different, still with the uh, kind of harsh vocals, yeah, but it's not you know it's more rapping than it would be punk.
1: yeah, I think it's uh, it's self-described as like the brat punk yeah, rap style, um which I mean, I totally vibe with no matter what it it gives me like it it gives me like prophets of rage if fronted by excuse me it gives me prophets of rage if fronted by little kim okay yeah i'm, do you know, I'm just like trying to think how it would sound like but yeah i get it yeah yeah like not proper rage against the machine because it's obviously talking about different things yeah, but yeah, 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 i'm yeah, yeah. like still being just as fierce yeah which one
0: do you prefer? Like, Hands of Gretel, Lawrence, just oh, a no, solo no. artist? You can't or Delilah. ask me that. No, you can't ask me that. <laughs> if you were to rank it, who
1: would come first? Uh, I haven't heard enough of uh, Lauren's own, like, Americana right. stuff. So, I'm just going to rank that at the bottom just because I haven't yeah. heard it. But choosing between Hands of Gretel and Delilah Bond. Um, just, just on this podcast because I love them both, Um, I'm gonna put Delilah above Gretel I'm sorry but um, as much as I adore like the grunge sound and the style there's a lot more I feel like Lauren has a lot more freedom when it comes to Delilah you know Mm -hmm. a lot more things that she says and you know she self-produces the record herself so she's pretty much in the front seat with everything so, you get that, you really get that mm-hmm. throughout the whole of the record and through Ready to Kill. Um, in Hands of Gretel, it feels a lot like you're holding stuff back a little bit. Yeah. Which, which is probably why, like, a lot of, I guess, men are attracted to Hands of Gretel because it's, like, not really what everything she wants to say. It's kind of dialed back a little bit just to be a bit more commercial. Mm hmm yeah no. I get that I get what you mean yeah
0: yeah I get that what was the uh, like the first band you've seen ever in your life
1: who um do you want to go like first rock or like first whatever of, like, genre what, whatever Because what, what, that because first, first ever group first ever concert would be tweenies like way back when I'm like, really really tiny <laughs> so um yeah if it was like either Birmingham or Cardiff if I I, could, I was like really really small I'm 25 Yay. now and I think it must have been around like 2000 2001 or something like that first like proper I was I don't want to say grown up but like when I was a bit older I did get to see S Club as well I, for my sixth birthday which was heartbreaking because I saw them and then a couple of days later they announced <laughs> they break the broke up oh no way. Um, but my first ever like proper rock, I would say, mm-hmm. is um, I went to the Kerrang! Music Awards in 2016, um, and that was during my placement from my undergrad at uni. Was that a uh, Coco's or uh, w- no? It was. who uh, it wasn't Coco. It was somewhere that was more East London
0: side yeah. rather than
1: Camden. Oh, was it House uh, of Vans? No, no, it's no, not. it wasn't House of Vans. Definitely not. I can't remember. I can't remember now. I'm just it, trying to think. Yeah, I'm trying to think myself, but um I was really excited because during my like university years, I was obsessed with asking Alexandria. Okay, like, yeah. Proper, proper obsessed to the point I, I I became a fan of them because I'm not gonna lie, Ben Bruce kind of looked like one of my mates. Okay. Um, I was like who's this person that happens to look like my friend um and I just you know I was reading that interview in Kerrang it was the uh, bumper Christmas edition because I saw that Gerard Boy was on the cover so I was like I'm gonna take that <laughs> um and uh I listened to I was listening to Kerrang radio a lot at that time uh I still do <laughs> I still do um and yeah the uh I think it was the Black came on and i was like oh my god what is this amazingness ah so it's you a bit know, weird. i wasn't really into them at the time if i'm honest <laughs> i've heard a lot of conflicting things yeah it's a bit weird to say that i jumped on when the black happened when they had changed to dennis from like from s club to asking alexandria <laughs> well to be fair like during that per- i mean during that period of time. Yeah, yeah. Like- I saw S-Pub when I was six. Yeah. I saw Asking when I was 19. 19, the, yeah, yeah. In the, that time, I had a lot <laughs> of, you know, I had a lot of discovery through my music. Exposure, yeah, exposure to different genres of music. Absolutely. And I'm very lucky with how I've grown up with music because I've come from a very musical family. My dad is so into his blues and jazz and also like class oh, awesome. He's been in a couple of, like, rock and blues bands throughout my childhood and still, like, really is in touch with his music. Any um, well-known
0: bands or is it just more like a garage band? No,
1: no, not really anything big, but, like, he did, like, some touring stuff. He even said that he performed in a prison, so. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> he wasn't in prison. He performed to two prisoners. But... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, no, no, um, I just
0: had some kind of, like, image, like,
1: you know, jet try- Rock. You know, I was thinking more like Guitar Hero 3, where you have the stage in the prison and then you oh have the, my like, it gets Yes, I love I grew- Guitar Hero. I grew up with that as well. I like to say my taste is very eclectic because growing up I had Nina Simone and Thin yes. um, Lizzy. Yes. Um, and my mum was into a lot of, like, adult alternative, especially female singers. That was something that was very important to her. But, like, I'd have Cher one second and then Blondie the next. So it's it's very eclectic. And then, like, obviously having guitar here, I was exposed to a lot more. But also being a kid of the 2000s, I got a lot of Disney stuff. And when I say Disney stuff, more like Hannah Montana and Demi Lovato. Yeah, yeah, of course. And, of course, High School Musical because... Those
0: two, like, do you know what? Like, you know, um, Demi Lovato and Miley Cyrus... I want those to two people together. absolutely I think they'd be absolutely incredible
1: I've, and I did before on my Twitter like having the both yeah. of them as doing their more rock stuff and it I don't know calling it the fuck Disney tour <laughs> why not
0: I think if, honestly if um, if Miley Cyrus was to release uh like a you know rock punk album I'd buy it
1: I definitely you know would did, buy didn't, it didn't you with plastic carts yes but Yeah, something a bit more heavy. (laughs) Yeah, I I agree a bit more on the heaviness. I mean, it's very kind of glam, touch of the 80s, kind of synth rock stuff, which I still really, really love. I mean, the fact that she did songs with both Billy Idol and Joan Jett I'm like I know that's
0: mental that is crazy I was just like she's just a very very versatile artist I think mm. if whatever they they touch turns to gold yeah it's just one of those things you know very and uh, the, did you Chet. actually yeah yeah did your um
1: latest from Demi Lovato you know all the yeah, U- I love her album holy F- yeah holy F- that whole album is just perfect in my eyes and it means so much to me because, like, as a kid in 2008, mm-hmm. like, I attended music school for 15 years. Like, I'm very lucky in that fact. Like, I am, I realize how much of a, like, how lucky I am to have that experience and have the teachings that I've had at the school. But the people weren't always that nice. They, oh, they, I know. <laughs> I mean, when you go to that kind of school, you do get a load of pretentious dicks. Really? So, yeah, because I mean, you, in one center, you got everyone going off about Rachmaninoff. And then the other sector, you, you're basically excluded because you don't have the right Polly Pocket. Oh, God. Um, that bitch. Polly Pocket. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I have full memories of having like my iPod Nano and just like playing La La Land on constant repeat because that was my jam when I was a kid. And also like having Misfit by Amy Studd. That was, like, one of the songs that was crucial to me to make me, like, you know, keep, even as a young kid, you know, keep going against all the bullies. Absolutely.
0: I mean, oh, gosh, like, bullies are everywhere. You know, they're at school, they're at supermarket, McDonald's, I don't know, everywhere. Online. But I don't know, like, as a person that got bullied, um, it's like, well, I grew up in the 90s. Like, well, I was born in the 80s, grew up in the 90s, so um at the time it was like you you would go to school yeah you'd get bullied but you come home you close your door that's it you know mm-hmm. there was no mobile phones mm-hmm. you know well there were but only the people that could afford
1: <laughs> had yeah. them
0: so in that sense it's like I would stay at home so that I wouldn't get bullied I didn't have any unless they come knock, knocking on my door but mm-hmm. now With all the, you know, the internet, obviously, you know, social media, this and that and the other. So people are getting bullied constantly.
1: Mm.
0: You know what I mean? Especially with social media, like you. What was the first thing that you do on the morning? Like, do you Um, grab your phone and check your social media? I
1: mean, the one I check immediately is either my emails, because you never know, come through that bitch or my tiktok page and i'm very fortunate in the fact that like i haven't really had i think the most hated kind of thing i've had is me shouting out cinnamon babe on tiktok and uh cinnamon babe is probably one of my favorite people on the platform just because that song rock and roll is black is not only such a banger it's a crucial banger in my opinion like I said I grew up with um Nina Simone and Thin Lizzy Mm -hmm. so you know black people in music just in general especially in rock and metal is not a I don't know why it's a foreign concept to people I mean maybe it is because like I have grown up with um that music and I've done my research with Mm -hmm. um learning about like death and x-ray specs and everybody that's come before and I continue to sing the praises of people like um uh Bessie Smith and Sister Reserve Tharp mm-hmm. maybe that's just me but like people saying that like you know rock and roll isn't black it isn't like it didn't start from it started from white people it just it just feels very uncomfortable to me that people would even dare to say something like that
0: the thing is you know a lot of people say like oh you know um Elvis was the king of rock
1: the I thing is it came
0: <laughs> okay <laughs> it came from actually you know the uh, the slaves would mm-hmm. play music because they would create their own yeah. instruments they so had didn't have, have better things to do there. so it started with actually black people you know with the rhythm and blues yeah. then it started from from that and then
1: artists Sixers, uh, got like heavier mid-man. and heavier so Sixers. Your rhythm and blues gospel yes. country it's a lot of the sudden sound and the sudden style because you know it, like we said it came from those early work songs and people would talk about it in those um, blues songs like um elvis took the uh, you know like rhythm and blues yeah
0: and country music and mix them together you know what i mean those two things and then there we go that's that's uh, you know elvis music let's call it just for the sake of this conversation but if people was like oh you know
1: like rock
0: music is like for white people like
1: mm, i what? hate people who say that music is just for this kind of person. music is for everybody Exactly. I mean, you, you can't just gatekeep a genre from someone or gatekeep this from another person because that's not how life works. It's not everything is just kind of fluid with each other, and especially music, because there's just so many beautiful sounds and styles from across the world. I mean, one of my favorite albums of this year is Rakshack from Bloodywood and i adore bloodywood so much and got the chance to interview them for erb this year which i'm so super thankful for and the blending of you know traditional indian sounds with metalcore and hard heavy metal is a match made in heaven in my opinion. Yeah.
0: As Did imagined... you know that they started as a parody band? Yes. yes. Yeah. They
1: would do a lot of um uh they would do a lot of covers and parodies of different things. <laughs> Raj but... Against the
0: Machine, wasn't it? Like yeah. Yeah. Um, they have something to do with nan. I can't remember. Oh, it yeah, like is it 10-inch NAM or something yes, like that? Was it. it
1: something like I, that? Yeah. Might not
0: be accurate, but I'm not gonna google it now. Uh, <laughs> it might not be accurate, <laughs> but, but it's something like that because I thought it was really clever.
1: Yeah, but imagine just like someone telling. The band's like, oh, you can't be into metal because it's only for white people. Like, imagine telling Bloodywood that. Imagine telling, like, imagine telling like just anyone that like you can't do something. Oh, absolutely. I mean, something that I preach on daily in my radio show, pretty much in my day-to-day life, is you know, more women and more non-binary people in music. And um something that I've mentioned constantly with people download has not had anyone except men headline since they began in 2003 and we're nearly at 20 years and it's like you've done it this far and you're going to do four days for your 20th anniversary surely you would do at least one day with someone like hailstorm or within temptation or evanescence or even paramore i think you know just because I, I love paramore
0: <laughs> i'd love to have paramore but would that persuade people to buy tickets oh for sure i mean I persuade, oh i've got my <laughs> ticket i bought my ticket as soon as i left the place
1: <laughs> you look at <laughs> bloodstock but- the second year that they've ever did it which was in 2003 they had within temptation headline so it's not as if women are going to suddenly stop ticket sales or having a non-binary artist headline is going to demolish the music festival.
0: I know. But th- their excuse is like, oh, you know, we're not looking at, we're not looking at either, you know, males or females or non-binary folk. We're if, looking at everyone if in that general. they'd have a
1: headline, that they'd have someone that wasn't a man headline by now. They would judge it by the music. But Andy yeah. Copping recently had a, an interview a couple of years back i think back in 2015 that was like that said women don't want to play music they just want to sit and watch it <gasps> did not he did did he yep oh my god what a yep. Yeah. and <sighs> someone did tell me that like he went to see hailstorm And did not look happy throughout the whole time was just sat there like arms folded looking grumpy. And on there, like, you're seeing hailstorm. Like I saw them. I saw them at um Saw them recently in Cardiff. I saw them in Nottingham. Like, Like, was it three years ago? I saw them in Cardiff earlier this year, back in March, I believe. All
0: right. It was the tour with In This Moment and New Year's Day
1: yeah I remember people talking about that one. i I went
0: um, one. It guys. was incredible. like i was i'm I'm gonna admit I was not a big fan uh, when they first started, just because I didn't fe- I didn't really get it. You know, I didn't really mm-hmm. get the music. But I think, you know, for me is uh, I for me to give a band a chance, I need to see them live and see what they're mm-hmm. like, what their show is like, what they have to bring to the table. And for me, I really liked it I thought it was brilliant you know absolutely incredible and they have just this energy on stage Mm -hmm. the I was just like I could not stop staring at them like playing their instruments and seeing them right in the moment and loving every minute of what they they are doing and I was just like in awe so uh, I can't can't say that I listen to them all the time, that they're all my all time favorite, but I listen to them more now and I respect the music more because I took the time to actually listen properly. I think bands, honestly, if Evanescence were like to headline download or something like that, because they sell stadiums mm. in Evanescence and Evanescence within Temptation,
1: they're doing the core headline concert. Yeah, and that's like. I, I remember like even back in 2020 because I went to see Slipknot in 2020 and it was like oh it's January it's fine this year's gonna Same, be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that was in um, Manchester. They had the adverts for that show and I remember I'm I'm friends with Donay Clancy, mm-hmm. Yeah. Used to be part with Noise Cartel. She's yeah a big shout person. out. <laughs> we love Donay. Yeah, we love Donay. Um, um, but she is a huge huge Evanescence fan and I remember just seeing all her posts about it and then like obviously crying when it was postponed for legitimate reasons and then like just the excitement of like oh my gosh this date is coming it's going to happen 19th of
0: uh, November for me <laughs> <laughs> to go see him yeah 19th of November I can't I can't wait i think the last time that i saw and
1: I've never seen Evanescence live. I still haven't and I haven't got no. tickets and I really need to at some point because uh, *Fallen* by Evanescence was the first ever album I purchased myself and I think I was about 15 when I got it and the way it just helped me through one of the most difficult parts of my life um, and just, you know, it was feeling like someone understood these melancholic depressing feelings that I was going through it was like someone was reaching out and being like I am here give me a hug you know and it it it, it's kind of sad because I couldn't get it from my dad it couldn't come from my sister it came from music at that time Mm -hmm. obviously I'm very close to my dad and my sister at this point in my life but you know it's when you're a teenager and you're having to go through so much shit and mm. there's so much pressure on you because that's I feel like that's when you when you're like fourteen and fifteen, that's when the real pressure on your life begins, that you have to do this and you have to go this certain way and you have to do this to get to this section and this this do this next point, this so having that kind of it could go but bo- yeah
0: it could go both ways you know like personal and career you know when you finish school and then it's like what are you going to do you're going to go to college yeah, yeah it's like what do you want to do now you have to decide there and then I'm just mm-hmm. like honestly I never knew I only found the exact thing that I wanted to do just in my 30s so I'm like now I know what I want to do and work working in this industry is what I want to do but for for a long, long time, I didn't know what I want to do. I would just, like, go with the flow. But I get the pressures of, especially when you're a teen, it's just, like, everyone knows, Oh, I'm going to be a teacher. I'm going to be a headdresser. I'm going to be this and that and the other. And then there's, like, me in the middle, like, Ugh. I had to say something.
1: Yeah, just kind of bouncing back and forth between what you want to do, because a lot of things that kind of go in the way of, like... I mean, so at some points... I remember like listening to um, very weird person to bring up in this conversation. I remember hearing uh, Jack JackSepticEye be kind of talking about like what he wanted to be as a when he was old when that question was asked his way, and he didn't know at that point. And at that point when he was young, he didn't re- YouTube wasn't really a thing. So it's kind of like sometimes we don't know because what we want to do doesn't exist yet. <laughs> That's
0: it I think so yeah absolutely I'll tell you something like I've always loved radio Mm -hmm. always I've always listened to the radio always listen to music everything else um but because I have awful anxiety I've got like really really bad anxiety so I would if it wasn't for online radio I don't think I'd be able to go into a studio and do it because of um there's just so many different things um like well I'm neurodivergent basically so I've got <laughs> an array of things going on and uh and social situations is just one of those so I I got into radio because of lockdown <laughs> <laughs> that's how I, I I got into it but I've always wanted to do stuff and um it was just like i want to do this now it's a now or never kind of thing it was just like gotta do it what have you got to lose but then if internet radio wasn't a thing i probably wouldn't have done it
1: i mean literally same it was like during lockdown because i i did a little bit of radio when i used to be part of um a church that i had when i was growing up i'm not okay anymore um, but it was just so fun, and I would always look forward to doing it. Um, so obviously, didn't continue. I grew out of that kind of church environment, and I, I remember like sitting at my desk during lockdown, and I was like, I miss doing radio. I want to do it again. You want to do it again? And uh, I'm friends with uh, Charlotte Claber, who I used to be deputy editor for Turn It Up Louder sadly turn it up loud that doesn't exist anymore but she got actually got me in touch with different people um alex holcomb one of them giving me amazing advice and another of them, them was ore who used to run rhino radio which yeah is
0: my fellow dj at total rock <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. um so yeah started doing rhino radio and yeah grew from that mm, and that was no longer a thing and then Came joined, joined DRB radio and actually in just under a month I'm celebrating my 100th show. Oh my
0: goodness do you know I don't keep track I don't even know how many I've done now oh. like I've not not counted them or anything like that because my previous Mixcloud account got got hacked I don't know why I have no idea so I lost everything really I uh, my account didn't exist anymore it was all like on-demand shows from uh from when I did P- uh, pure rock radio and uh, obviously total rock I'm coming up to my I don't know I don't even know when I started <laughs> so I don't even know where I started for me my radio journey was I saw this advert Online uh, for a radio station asking for volunteers. And I'm like, mm, I don't know. I don't know if I want to do it. I don't know. But I just thought, you know what? What have I got to lose? I've always wanted to do it. And uh, I don't know if you have this thing, but when I first started recording shows, I could not stand the sound of my voice.
1: Oh, trust and believe. I mean, it was a little bit easier for me because I did do a bit of YouTube beforehand i had like um youtube videos from 2015 they don't exist now because my style has changed so much by people you know, it, grow it, up yeah um it, it basically kind of in a way helped me find comfort in my own voice if you know what i mean i get you
0: uh, but for me it was just like such a shock like I sound like that. <laughs> uh, but because I'd done, I'd done a few things prior anyway. Um, I uh, I was a guest and some things before, but I didn't really, honestly, I did a show with, uh, with a friend uh, from Primordial Radio. Did the, you know, we did the show together and um, called um, One Word Wednesday Bingo. And we did that and I was mortified so I did not listen to that show oh, for another three months
1: oh it took me that
0: long to listen to it I was so like
1: oh my god
0: I was so anxious and I didn't know everyone was like oh we loved it blah 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 and but I could not listen to it I couldn't I couldn't I just like had this thing couldn't do it but then I listened to a little bit and I'm just like oh no I don't want to do it <laughs> and then I started I to, to- yeah, got there, just listened to the whole thing, liked it. And uh, it was just like, okay, I need need to do this thing. And I started like recording my own voice. So I could get used to it. But then my first shows, it was for feedback radio. My first shows, oh my God. I re- my first link, yeah, on my show, <laughs> I had to record it 40 times. <laughs> because I just didn't like the way it sounded. I wanted it to be perfect, I wanted it to everything, you know, my voice was gonna be heard for the first time properly anyways, me,
1: mm.
0: and I was just so, I was so nervous. And uh, yet yeah, 50 times, so I, I recorded it, deleted it, recorded it, deleted it oh, wow. over and over and over again. But then it just became natural to me it just became like yeah it's fine if you said the wrong thing it's fine you're human you know yeah I speak two languages so things will get in the way and uh, so it's just like right okay and uh, so I did yeah did feedback radio loved it but then I wanted to start producing my own shows so I wanted to get a bit more experience with different stations so I got involved with pure rock radio and (laughs) it's no longer a thing and uh, then from Pure Rock Radio, I started uh, doing Total Rock, <laughs> and it's been a while now, but it's been an experience. Mm. And there's yeah. one thing that we have in that we have in common is we both
1: did Karangan trained. Yes. Oh my God, that that was insane to do, and still crazy to think about. My my photo from that is actually my linkedin photo because that was the only one that looked somewhat professional
0: (laughs) it was so weird for me like because having a producer in your ear and i'm like Um, having this person in your ear and i'm just thinking
1: like i mean she was so lovely but at the same time it was kind of like oh my gosh like i want to say everything and everybody and uh, like she was like it's fine do many takes oh I had George "Ah!" I had George as my producer I think I had Lucy (laughs) I had
0: George as my producer and he was lovely it was so so lovely and he uh, talked me through it and the thing is like my first couple links and my voice was shaking it was like I've always wanted to do this thank you for the opportunity and I was shaking and honestly like I'm sat sat on my desk and everything you know like I'm like okay let's do it I'm like this like mm. counting to you know like from five to one it was shaking 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 because I tell you what like it's something that I've wanted for a very long time I am same. same and the fact that we both gotta do it and we did it. We did it. Yes. <laughs> it was crazy. I listened, honestly, I listened to everyone's shows. And when it got to mine, I'm like, oh, my
1: God, everyone else sounds so much better than me. Like, these, they're the not going to ask me back ever. I was the last one on that time. And I was like, oh, gosh, that's over the worst. They're going to just <laughs> cut me at the back because they don't like it. Oh, God. <laughs>
0: I just, like, I thought to myself, like, oh my god, mid-morning. Mine was like 11 while 12 or something like that. Mid-morning, I'm just like, oh my god. (laughs) And what was the point? Like, send us 20 songs,
1: but they only play five, and I'm just- Oh, I know. I I think it's A, to see how eclectic you are with your tastes, and Mm. B, to really get you kind of like a full thing of it, which I'm a little sad with, I'm not gonna lie, because mine was full of one of my favorite things to talk about like emerging names in rock mm-hmm. and metal
0: and I they feel picked like none
1: of mine no one signed an underground
0: artist only the artists that were like big yeah at the they, time. they
1: picked the power more Miley Cyrus I think the only like somewhat unknown name that they picked was Muddy Brook oh and Muddy Brook like yes thank you I at least got one <laughs> at least I had so many like
0: unsigned and stuff like that like my mates from pulverize you know i love them they're great like party call music Mm -hmm. love them they're great and uh, so i put it on the list and everything and i was just like oh gutted absolutely gutted they didn't get picked so i was a bit upset about that um oh did i don't know if you saw this but um the bbc radio one were looking for presenters
1: I've oh, entered that myself. Yeah, and that someone's they have listened to my demo, but I haven't heard anything else with it, so I'm just there like Had nothing. Right in the nails. I did. Yeah. I submitted, and I thought, do you know what? You never know, dear. Yeah, I mean, it's the same thing that happened with the the on side. You just don't know until you You just do don't it. know. I did it, and I
0: thought, well, it was only 20 seconds anyway. You know, where you just say things about you or tell the story, or yeah, whatever. I
1: just I just kind of did the demo and basically all I did was explain my show Forever Forte and my kind of love for music and my journey with music and I sent it in and then I kind of like looked at like because I looked at the kind of guidelines with the demo and the tips that they had and I feel like I should have said like, you always submit something and you're like, oh, God, I should have done something else. I should have done this, should have done that. I was like, did they want me, like, a demo of a, my actual show or just to hear me talk? And I'm like, oh, God. I have but anxiety, it, by the way. So a lot of things go in my head. It's okay. Months. Look, I, I know it.
0: <laughs> I know how it's like my brain just goes from one thing to another. Like it goes from zero really... to 100 and, like, <laughs> oh, yes. And, uh, yes, I submitted basically before submitting anything. <laughs> this time round because I'm very impulsive I just do it send it, it's done okay right I'll wait now I did it I researched it mm-hmm. researched how to do it because I'd never done a demo before basically when I'd sent um you know material I'd send the show that I already done and mm-hmm. everything was fine anyway I'd never done a proper demo before so I went rehearse and oh what can I do blah blah. So my demo for Radio 1 was basically like explaining as well like what I do normally you know when it comes to radio and um, a bit of my personality and also supporting women, non-binary people, emerging bands, that sort of thing just like you do with your show. But uh, the only difference that I would say between my show and your shows would be that mine is a bit more is a bit more heavy, mm-hmm. is a more yeah yeah so it's a bit more from metal to the extreme so yeah
1: I do heavy. like my classic rock I'm growing up with classic rock so that is my that's my safe space I did see a tweet today that was like because um me having grown up with 10s of course I'm a YouTube baby. And having all the drama with the Try Guys. Someone was like, if you're this upset with the Try Guys, uh, you're, you wouldn't have survived with all the drama with Fleetwood Mac. And I'm just there like, I found out about Fleetwood Mac when I was quite young. Trust me, I still don't know how I did survive. What happened? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, Fleetwood Mac. Oh, my God. Basically, the whole album of rumours is one massive shit show I'm sure there's still a documentary that the BBC did all about it which is an amazing amazing uh, watch just going through like all of the songs and everything but essentially Stevie Nicks and Lindsay Buckingham were used to be a couple they pretty much broke up after rumours came out wasn't she underage oh I can't remember. Because when she started in the band, she was like 17. I think she was underage when they first started dating because they, um, they did have a blues project together before they joined Blue Book Mac. Right, okay. And also Chrissy McVie was with um, another member. I can't remember. I'm
0: going to trust you on this. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, she was married to one member, but then uh, basically having an affair with the lighting guy.
0: Americans are weird.
1: Well, the are Brits as well. It's half British, half American. Well, oh, Brits.
0: Oh, people are weird.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and um, Mick Fleetwood was going through his own issues. Yeah, it, it, I think it was the basis because his um, surname was McPhee as well as Chrissy McPhee. Um, uh, but basically the big hitters from Rumours, Dreams and Silver Springs were li- Stevie telling Lindsay what she was thinking. And then things like Secondhand News, um, Go Your Own Way, were Lindsay to Stevie. Um, Chrissy McVeigh's stuff were like um, You Make Loving Fun and Songbirds. were not about her husband. No, it was about the guy that she was banging. And then Mick Fleetwood to try and get everyone's spirits up and don't stop just being like, come on, guys, have a bit of fun here. Even though he was going through his own shit, he was like, come on, let's actually make a record together and at least have a little bit of fun without fighting. <laughs> 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 I don't know how they're even like, still performing. I know they actually recently kicked out Lindsay Buckingham. Right. But yeah, that, as much as I adore Fleetwood Mac, Like, Rumours is one of my favourite albums of all time, despite all the madness. I don't know how they even function as a unit, let alone able to make music at this point.
0: I think if there were a band that was starting now, you know, with all the stuff that happened back then, if it was now, I don't
1: think they'd last very long. No. Despite talent. I mean, it's very interesting because, like, Rumours was the big one that came out in 77. And they had been going on for years and years beforehand, and it was only really when they brought on Stevie Nicks and Lindsay Buckingham that they really made it the big time, especially with songs like "Dreams" and "Go Your Own Way." Yeah, I think like those those songs,
0: especially like when you if you heard them as a child. When I say you, I mean generally, and then you just become you become familiar with them. You don't really realize what you know, where it comes from as such, if the band is like, you know, if they're good people or bad people, you know. And then when you grow up you think, ah, oh, listen
1: to that. Oh my God, they're bad people. Like Marlon Manson. Oh, uh, we're not gonna go there, I don't think. I think with, with max specifically, the kind of like good person, bad person is very, very muddled in all of that because everyone was just off their tits on Coke as is as we mentioned, starting a relationship when you're underage. Mm. I mean I put out a TikTok myself that basically said you can love a lot of, like, the classic rock bands like Rolling Stones and Led Zeppelin. You can like their music, but you have to acknowledge that what they did in the past was shit. Like, having underage groupies is fucking disgusting. Unless, like, you can listen to the music but also acknowledge that, you know, they did shit things in the past. A lot of people don't want to do that. They don't, they want to have, like, this kind of, like, rose tinted glasses sort of thing i respect those bands i
0: respect you know that they've been around for a very long time and this and that and the other but i would not pay you mm. know like 300 pounds to go see rolling stones
1: no i mean it's only. No, recently... i like them but i wouldn't it's only recently that they actually stopped playing brown sugar which is honestly so such a disgusting song i don't know why <laughs> Was even written. I don't care that it was in like the sixties and seventies. It, it doesn't been... still does not make it right. Yeah, it shouldn't have. It shouldn't have even been thought of, let like, alone written. I think
0: sometimes kind of... people don't really realise what what it is behind certain s- song lyrics. What I mean is, uh, actually, me and my partner were discussing this. Okay, whereas. We, as a family, we listen to a lot of heavy music. And then there's the other side of, like, uh, our families that don't. And they're just like, oh, it's just nice. They're not saying anything. You just scream. And I'm thinking, okay, I get it. They're saying things in the way that you might not understand. But if you go back and, you know, really hear the lyrics and read the lyrics, you will get the meaning. There's a emotion. There's something there, you know? Whereas there's so many like pop groups. Yes, they're a lot of fun and whatever, but we were actually got this. um, I was telling my husband about the uh, Venga boys and, uh, you know, and I was telling my daughter, my daughter's 10. And I was telling her about all this different music. It's like, oh, you know, these were like school disco music back in my day. So you would listen to this stuff. And then I went to the lyrics and I'm like, oh, boom, (laughs) boom, boom, boom. Uh, I want you in my room. Let's spend the night together, together in my room. And I'm thinking, what? And us, at like, five, six, seven-year-olds going, like, yeah. And I'm just like, oh, my God. How did we listen to that and didn't understand? I mean, look, for me, anyway, like, I grew up in Portugal, so we didn't have a clue what what was being said anyway. But here... It's different isn't it so I'm thinking oh my goodness me <laughs> and people say like yeah you know like rock music you know they're all druggies and blah 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 I'm just
1: like mm, okay Or well, I just think of uh, when people are like uh complain that rock and metal people do drugs all the time and it's like sex drugs and rock and roll first of all Only half Drew. It's only the sometimes that they're on drugs. And second of all, I like to think of uh, Bill Nye's character from the seminal classic that is Love Actually, where he says, remember, kids, don't buy drugs. Become a pop star and you get them for free. (laughs) (laughs) That's good advice. I mean, the fact that he explicitly said pop star as well. I mean... I mean, even thinking back, like one of the presenters of Blue Peter was kicked off because he did coke. Mm. Like, like, to, to be, be honest, secretly they all do. Yeah. Imagine doing like Blue Peter sober. <laughs> like <Mate? how? laughs> just just do a line of coke off the tortoise. Right?
0: <laughs> Mate. Mate. Oh That's what God. it is. Do you think they're all sober?
1: No. You know, when they come on screen like, hello children. I think oh you have God. to be on some kind, something, at least. I think mushrooms would probably be the best kind of drug to be on if you're a kids presenter. Because you already got the craziness and, like, bright colours everywhere. It'd just be more, you wouldn't you wouldn't be so freaked out by it already. Right. <laughs> so, yeah,
0: I think they're all on something. Yeah. But I like that one. I like that. Yeah, just <laughs> remember. I, I actually watched it. I don't really watch, like, many rom-coms.
1: I'm a not a big rom-com person myself. My mm. sister is a lot more. I know she, she actually gave me a Sleepless in Seattle one year and I've still never seen it. <laughs> uh, I so- only
0: know Love Actually because my mum said to me that one of the... I think it's Love Actually. might not be. I'm not sure now. But one of the characters, his love interest was a Portuguese lady. Yes, it's from Love Actually, yeah. Right, okay. Paul so... Yeah, yeah. So... My mom I was like, "Oh, you have so to watch it. There's a Portuguese lady in it." And I'm <laughs> like, "Okay, it's just how people like when I say I'm Portuguese, people expect me to know Ronaldo. Like I don't know him. You know, like when uh, you know Americans discover that, yeah. you know, yes. like rich person? Do you know the Queen? To stiff her corgis, right? So um, everyone just assumes that I know I know Ronaldo and I know everything there is to know about football.
1: No 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 we just do metal and as I've I've known from like mainly myself in my school years musicians don't really do sport that well
0: <laughs> that's why they do music instead exactly <laughs> I found like especially finding a lot about myself through my kids both of my kids have autism <sighs> so my son he's I and he's uh, nonverbal, and and then with my daughter, she's ten, and she's <laughs> she's me <laughs> basically. A lot of her behaviors
1: are like my behaviors and behaviors. I feel like I'm somewhere that's neurodivergent. I don't want to like self diagnose or like say I'm this and that, but I'm definitely of course. not neurotypical. I definitely know I'm not neurotypical. I never
0: no. It's I don't know how you felt growing up, but. For me, I could never fit anywhere.
1: No, I would always like dot around friend groups all the time yes. and then sometimes I'd just sit by myself and just write. Um, I would sit in like the common room in uh, the like, um, like sit form centre and just be on my own and just write. It's yeah, my, like, I did the same. I love writing. And as much as I love like journalism stuff, my absolute goal is to publish a book and be like a novelist that's so funny because of
0: uh, you know you just describing you know when whether you were at sixth form I and you're writing and stuff when uh, when i was in middle school because our education system back in portugal is very different uh i was in middle school and i would spend most of my time writing i would write stories of like because i was a very lonely child you know i was um, just like yeah very lonely And so I would write stories of how I wished my life could have been. It was just a way of escapism, you know what I mean? To just escape to like this different, to this different world,
1: you know? Yeah, I do a lot of fanfic and I still do. I still do. (laughs) I'm not ashamed to say that I still do fanfic. I mostly do it for um, my favorite series, Ghosts. Mm -hmm. And also with Paradise City, if you don't know, that's the TV series off of um, American Satan, which I love both. Okay, I'm not familiar. so they're both made by Sumerian Films, which is, like, part of Sumerian Records. Oh, I did know that. So it's basically Ash Alvinson's like, self-insert, as is, anyway. Like, there's a character that is, uh, he basically is, like, a young musician, but also becomes kind of, like, in- getting into, like, the booking agency and puts on shows and gets up on the ladder, but also is kind of, like, sticking it in the face of his famous dad that has the very obvious surname, which avidson is the son of John Avidson, I think it is, who directed the Rocky films, if I remember correctly. So, uh, but yeah, they're very estranged. They were very estranged, especially, um, I think, up until his death, uh, John Avidson. Ash- so, yeah, it's definitely an insert of basically being like, fuck you, Dad, I did so much cooler and I'm with, like, the band and all of these bandmates and they love me and it's awesome and yeah just screw you dad that's it isn't it <laughs> oh
0: okay that sounds really interesting i mean i love it it's just even though it's so stupid i just love it <laughs> it's not like look if it matters that much to you then therefore it's not stupid or daft or anything like that thank you exactly <laughs> and uh, you have a very interesting collection
1: don't you of what dolls or music dolls <laughs> yes yeah, so, well as you can see i do have the trixie mattel doll right trixie here. Mattel. oh the um drag, drag queen, queen. Oh, okay i didn't know there was dolls of them uh so it this is a like a limited edition doll it was like a very limited run of it oh wow okay so i'm very lucky to have one Okay, and I've kept it in box, mostly because I have no room in my, ha- in my house at the moment. Yeah, I-, I have so many, and going back to what we were discussing at the beginning, I took one of my dolls with me to Delilah Bond. She had a little moment on stage with Delilah. Like, uh, she picked, Delilah picked up my doll and just kind of like held it up and was like singing to it. And I was just like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And I did take a photo of Delilah with my doll and we have spoken about possibly having like an adult play date <laughs> just me going up to barnsley and us just playing with dolls <laughs> oh, i don't
0: know why are, dolls aren't just for children i mean look you can see me like my background yeah my I, I love your little code <laughs> i've got my teddies <laughs> in there uh, and there's that little, little panda just there. Ooh, yeah. there
1: yeah i see the panda i got i've, I've got the download dog at my dad's place <laughs> for me anyway so that little panda is called wonder oh, <laughs> okay Wanda
0: the, panda. Wanda the panda of course has to rhyme, duh. and um, so she's my anxiety support teddy oh. so when i uh she goes to gigs with me mm. you know what i mean sometimes i'm doing my radio shows just there giving me support yes it goes in my bag and stuff like that like whenever i need it it's with me it's small enough that i can just have it in my pocket and it's just like, I'm not ashamed to admit that, you know, I'm 36 years old and I have a teddy.
1: It's all good. Teddies it, are cute. I know a lot of people who do have uh, squishmallows,
0: so. Mm-hmm. And that helps me with, you know, dealing with social stuff because mm-hmm. I, <laughs> I don't have that many friends. Neither do I. <laughs> it's just one of those things like, I, yeah, I've, I've got people I know, but I go to a lot of gigs on my own a lot of gigs on my own and um because well my close people aren't really into the kind of music that I am or they just don't want to go or whatever so I got to a lot of gigs on my own I'm off to Parkway Drive this weekend which I can't wait because that's so up like my street lawn ashore (laughs) which is, yeah, very loud. Lorna Show, While She Sleeps, and Parkway Drive. So, like, three of my ultimate favourite bands. So that's going to be good. But I don't really have many friends, you know, mm-hmm. anyone that can just be, like, chat. <laughs> but sometimes, like, I don't know, I, I'm those kind of people that's like, if someone rings me, well, ring, <laughs> hello. <laughs> uh, no one rings anyone anymore. Uh, if anyone like messages me, there we go. Saying, oh, do you wanna go? Do you wanna go out for a coffee now? I'd be like, mm. no, <laughs> because it's just too like just just too soon. It's last minute, and I need time to prepare. Yeah, but I don't really have people asking me that anyway. It's like I'm meeting a friend for coffee, but we've been we've organized this meeting like two weeks ago
1: <laughs>
0: so I could get used to to it because anxiety is is awful mm. I have to prepare everything that I do and but I tell you what doing this podcast is definitely helped me first of all meeting new people but also um get my confidence you Absolutely. know I feel more confident because there's always this thing back of my head like if something happens like I get too anxious or whatever I can just like turn it off be like oh sorry disconnected mm-hmm. you know like I don't know but there's always this thing back in the back of my head that I'm just not good enough or whatever and then no one wants my company but then when people want my company I'm like no <laughs> I just want to go on my own or I don't know yeah. do you have any like um, anything that got released recently that you've, you've enjoyed listening to listen Um,
1: to? I keep saying this everywhere because people really need to know about this band because they're friends of mine but also they are just great in general. They're from Bristol, my lovely little home at the moment. The band is called Land Captains and they released a EP, their second EP back in April and when I tell you that I have not stopped listening to it because it is so good. And I keep recommending it to everyone. Um, The EP is called Half Measures. It's five amazing songs. It is rock, but like it flows through loads of different things. So it's like funk rock. You've got a little bit of progressive in there. It like flows through so much and it is like so great. Like all of the lyrics are just uh, so expressive and very intense, like Under Another Sun, which is my favorite song. It is so powerful and it's actually about the vocalist who's like my best mate like her like suicidal thoughts and like i'll meet you under another sun
0: that's great i'll, I'll check that out as for grab a cover podcast this is episode one Ooh. so i've interviewed so many people we've got hawks we've got harriet yes yes we have fallen mafia Yes, uh, work. yeah we're gonna have resting bitch face as well we, on the we podcast love that. we yeah. love it and so many more well, and well. i'd like to invite you back we're gonna talk about yes. stuff as well again yeah and uh, is
1: there like a band that you'd like to interview um i've with? always said there's like i have a list of bands and artists that i want to interview and they're like my bucket list on the top of that is nita strauss she is, like, my favorite guitarist of all time. Uh, Control Chaos was my favorite album of 2018, of all time, of that year. And I am so stoked for what she has next.
0: Let's send uh, some emails and see, see if anyone responds. I mean, I have one knows. of my
1: um, friends who works at the press and is like, yes, um, if you want it, you can just ask me. And they're like, I want to, but on purpose, never. nervous. Yeah, no. It's always that, like... I don't know. Maybe it's that kind of like thing of like, oh, maybe I'm not good enough, you know? <laughs> kind <of> I know. <laughs> just to shut that fucker up.
0: <laughs> no, it's fine. I mean, I like, get off that my shoulder. World,
1: for goodness sake, I can interview anyone.
0: Right. Yes. I would love to interview uh, Sky Sky Nom again. Mm. Uh, she's so sweet. Love, I love their band. Love Sumo Psycho. Yeah. They're brilliant. Yeah, Season one? Funny. Was very good. Season two is getting just amazing, but episode one done and
1: dusted. Grab a cup of podcast with Cat Rice.